Welcome to Run Your Mouth. I'm your host, David Melly. This week's guest is Dan Mahalski of Tracksmith and Letourneau University, a steeplechaser who's been turning heads all season with his big performances, most recently when he ran a big PR of 8.21 and notched an Olympic standard at the USATF Distance Open this past weekend. Dan is an extremely impressive guy who only started running track his senior year of high school in Ohio before running for Cedarville University, a D2 school, and transferring to Indiana University for his fifth year and nearly winning the NCAA steeplechase in 2019 before falling over the final water jump. He's currently balancing a newborn baby and a full-time coaching job with his own running career and is currently ranked number eight in the world without a professional contract. We've talked a lot about his unconventional path to elite running and the challenges of balancing a career and family with training, but we also got into his love for disc golf, his hardest steeple falls, and the story behind his mustache. Dan's story is super inspirational, and I was glad to have the chance to help him tell it. Enjoy the episode and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you're over on Apple, definitely leave us a good review, as we haven't gotten any particularly fun ones lately, and I really do love reading them. Until next time, this has been Run Your Mouth. I'm going to be on the fly here, man. I don't know. I don't know much about where I have not listened to your podcast before. True, true confession. I'm a big fan. <laughs> a true fan. I, I, I like probably like 70% of your tweets, but that's about, that's the extent of which I know you. So, <laughs> so no pressure on your end. <laughs> okay, cool. Cool. Welcome to Run Your Mouth, long run talk for long talking runners. Uh, this week's guest, after uh, a, a bit of a technical difficulties, we have on, and I apologize in advance, Dan Machalski. Uh, how's it going? Did I get that even close to correct? That's all right. Yeah, we could have we could have prepped you for that, but yeah, I I've been told by my family that we that we pronounce it Mahalski. Mahalski. Okay. Yeah, as if that that little devious C is not there. All right. Well, the, the beauty of this is that when I record the intro, I'll get it right. And so okay. then by the time folks hear this, they'll, they'll know and they'll know how just how wrong I am. <laughs> um, where, uh, but yeah, welcome. Welcome on board. Um, congrats again on uh, your awesome race uh, last weekend, nagging the, nice. the Olympic standard in the steeple and an awesome season overall. Seems like it's going well. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it was uh yeah, fun race. Um, you know, a little surprised that I felt as good as I did maybe doing it, but um, I felt like that the you know the the A standard was in range for you know for after after I ran Drake in a solo eight twenty nine, I was like, oh shoot, like this is realer <laughs> than ever that I could you know I could maybe get the the A standard pretty soon. It's not that far fetched, and hey, just happened. What was so? What was your PR coming into this year? Uh, I ran eight thirty point sixty nine at nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Nice at um, the Sound Running event at Azusa Pacific in twenty nineteen. Um, mm-hmm. I forget exactly the date, but yeah. So that that was like in June or or for or early July before the you know U.S. champs mm-hmm. that in Des Moines that year. I think I got I got second to Obsali in that race. So you've taken you've taken a decent chunk of time off in the, uh, the last couple of races. Yeah, 
Um, well, that's good. Um, yeah. Do you, so what do you, um, if you don't mind spilling the, spilling the training secrets, um, if you're, if sure. you're training, what, what are you, what is goal steeple pace these days? What are you training at? Oh gosh. Um, so, you know, not as most people, you know, you know, you know, training, man. Um, um, I don't do that much at, you know, exactly race pace, exact, you know, everything over hurdles or something, you know, like people who maybe don't know the sport would, would guess, but, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I did like a 2200 meter time trial, time trial, like, you know, it was in the, in the middle of a workout but it was over, you know, five hurdles a lap and I didn't have a steeple pit because there's not one within like an hour radius of me where I live in Texas. <laughs> um, and I, I set out trying to run that at about like 67, 68 and mm-hmm. was able to do that. You know, I did the first 200 meters flat just to kind of get into it as if it was an actual steeple chase. And then I, I cut in and, um, and, you know, was able to do that rather controlled and an even split and, um, running right at like 67 pace, 67, 68. Um, and those are, you know, they're full 400 meter laps, not cutting into for, uh, to the inside of track for a water pit or anything. So it, it made me pretty confident that, Hey, you know, with a race on the line, you know, rubbing with some guys that, you know, why, you know, I, I think I should be in PR shape right now or, or at least, you know, right at, right about at what I've done before. So, um, a lot of my yeah, training and then some <laughs> yeah yeah and now and yeah now and then some you know that, that's a big thing with the steeple you know um you get one in and then and then you know maybe your next one uh, especially if it's like your debut or your even even your season debut uh that next one usually you're able to you know take another little chunk off um just with you know familiarity hurtling and stuff and um getting back into the vibes of racing um, let alone, you know, dangle a bone out in front of you, somebody to chase. Um, you know, I love, I love racing, man. I, uh, the training I've done has been, you know, in, in some ways it's been really good that it's been a little less like, you know, meters on a track specific. I've done a lot of time-based stuff out on the roads, stayed in trainers a lot. And, uh, you know, even, a lot of the speed sessions I've done have been on Hills where it's not perfectly measured. And, you know, it's, I'm lining up on at, all right at this crack on the road and I'm running up to that telephone pole and I don't know how long it is, but the last time I did it, it took me 34 seconds and, you know, I'm going to mm-hmm. do it in 33 this time or whatever, you know, um, just, the beauty uh, of Hills run off. Field. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The beauty of the Hills, you know, speed work in disguise, you know, learning how to feel, you know, be in tune with what my body's doing and, and, you know, the, you know, the experience I've had, you know, running, running stuff kind of to a T, um, you know, taking that experience and translating it into a more fluid artistic approach has been, has been good and fun. And, um, I think it takes a little pressure off. Um, Are you coaching yourself right now? Am I crushing myself? Are you coaching yourself? <laughs> also, if you're crushing yourself too, I mean, it seems like based on the, based on your travel and your kids and your coaching gig, you might be crushing yourself schedule. Yes. Yeah. yeah self-flagellation. <laughs> um, uh, no, I'm, I'm being coached by Mark Mish. He is the, uh, the head men's coach, uh, for distance at UC Colorado Springs. Um, how'd you get uh, connected up with him? Uh, it's in, 
I'm connected to him in multiple ways uh, through through other other coaches and mentors I've had, and um, he's he's actually he's kind of been in the picture as an advisor for me for like four years. Um, just kind of bouncing ideas off of as as kind of a coach that was separated from the coaches that I had that I, you know, was a safe place for me to talk to. He understood my context. He had a relationship with my coach. And, um, and then when I, you know, when I was looking to transfer, when I was looking to GA, when I was looking at coaching opportunities, he was a guy that I would speak with and respected a lot. And, um, you know, eventually was the guy and I came to ask him to coach me and, um, was really glad he said yes. And it's been a really good partnership so far. And I, clearly it's working out well. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And I can hardly, you know, I can hardly believe it in a way, you know, (laughs) because what we do is, is simple and, and I'm not doing anything really all that extreme and, and crazy and training, but, but, um, you know, I feel like it's about, ba- it's a balanced approach with, with what I'm doing, uh, <laughs> all the time, you know, coach coaching and, and, um, I'm, you know, I'm married and I've got a little baby too. And, you know, all, you know, the balancing act of it all, he, he gets that and he coaches some other post-collegiate guys. So he's not just, you know, locked in on the college world. He gets, he gets uh, the family man life and, uh, and, you know, yeah. to do that. Yeah. Well, I want to get back to the, to the steeple stuff um, eventually. Cause I'm, as you know, a huge steeple nerd, but um, uh, I, where are you calling from right now? I, am I, I in, want to paint a picture for the listeners of the, <laughs> the insanity of your life. I'm in, I'm in the third holiday in that I've stayed in, in the last uh, like four nights. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, I'm in uh, I'm in Searcy, Arkansas. Uh, my the team that I that I help coach uh, at I'm I'm the head men's uh, men's and women's distance coach. So you know head cross and assistant for track um, for distance. I I prefer to call it distance coordinator, kind of like football. <laughs> you know you got your coordinators. Anyway, so yeah, we're we're here at Harding University. They have a twilight you know last chance meet. Um, our qualifying dates are running out. <laughs> um, uh, one of the guys I coach is in the 15, uh, is, is looking at a chance to qualify for nationals in the 1500 at the, at the D3 championships here in a couple of weeks, uh, running him in an eight tomorrow and uh, a few other athletes and some others ones too. So, um, but yeah, the, the other holiday and nights <laughs> were out in California for that meet. Um, uh, two different ones. We stayed close to the track and then me and Mason for like, went and stayed really close to the airport the so that because we had early flights out to save quite on the quite the juggling act um yeah, of, yeah of racing true. schedules um do you so as somebody who both um is a coach and is coached uh what what habits do you have that would drive you crazy if uh you were one of your own athletes whoa <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh Gosh, we all have them. <laughs> That's a very good question. Um, and I'm not saying that because I don't have an answer. It truly is a good question. Um, but I don't have an answer yet. I'm thinking. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, now that I'm on the other side, you know, I'm on the other side, I'm on the coaching side of things. I've always been the athlete, right? Now that I'm on the coaching side, I see, I see the, you know, my athletes have tendencies to do maybe some of the things that I regretted or, you know, or would have done differently, or it took me a minute to learn or, or it took me failing maybe even 
to learn. And so I, I, uh, I try to catch those from them, but. <laughs> oh man. It's hard. You know, it is interesting. I had, so I wrote a piece that hasn't come out yet um, for, for a magazine um, that's focused more on college athletes. And the piece was like, um, it was basically like five things I learned from college running, you know, lessons learned. Yeah. And it is funny, like, you know, in some ways we're so, we're in a constant state of failing upward, you know, where it's like, even when things go well, you still make a lot of mistakes along the way to something going well, you know, you're constantly learning and relearning lessons. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what, I mean, what my coach would say if he knew all that I did is quit messing around doing other stupid things, um, you know, that tax on your body or... How do you have time to do other stupid things? <laughs> uh, the COVID summer brought on a new love affair with disc golf for... Oh, okay. At least that's not a, that's not a, you know, contact sport. So. It's not contact, <laughs> you know, it's not exactly like, you know, anaerobic or something. I don't know. Or I, I don't even know. I'm just kind of towards the mileage, you know. Just. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I, I was way too into it. And I have since backed off like pretty recently, but I was like winning money and like playing in leagues and stuff. I didn't even know I, you could win money doing. I got, I got really into it. Yeah, man. It's, it's a very much growing sport and COVID was a huge contributor to it because all these guys out of jobs and uh, you know, can't, can't go to the gym or anything, just playing around. In these I guess it's stuff. easy to do it, you know, uh, socially distanced as well. Right. So. right. Yeah. <laughs> so I met a lot of friends that way, you know, in a world that was shut down, I, you know, met people out at parks and we, you know, Hey, watch me throw this dude. <laughs> I'll watch you throw that thing. You know, um, how long have you been in Texas? Just since September. Yeah. I was, I was hired after the start of the school year. Um, it was, yeah, it was a late, late thing, late development, really cool how it worked out. And, um, you know, I'm really grateful to be here. And how, how old is your daughter? Yeah, my daughter, her name is daily joy. She was born on January 3rd. Of so this she, year? Of this year. So she oh, is, man. yeah, um, not even four and a half. She's little. Old. Yeah, she's like. So do you, do you sleep ever? You know, she, we, we count ourselves lucky. Like she's been most of the time really, really easy to, to deal with. Um, not so many, you know, crying fits and stuff. Um, yeah, she's, a, a, she's living up to her name, Daily Joy. I mean, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's, that's cute. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, that is, yeah. So you, you have quite the, uh, you know, easy life, you know, not a lot of um, different obligations or anything like that. Yeah. Um, does, uh, uh, your wife must be incredibly patient. My gosh. Yeah. She, she puts up with me. Um, yeah. Abby is great. Uh, that's, I mean, that's what you say. I feel like that's what you say when you first start dating someone. Oh yeah, they're just great. You know, Craig, he's great. Billy, he's great. You know, whoever, I don't even know. Um, they're just great, but it's true. You know, I'm at, I mean, I passed the honeymoon stage, you know, we've been married almost two years and we've got a kid and we moved all over the country like four times and, and <laughs> she's still great. So I'm, I'm still so great. great. Or yeah, she's so patient with me and has, um, 
you know, she's set aside some of her own, some of her own interests, um, to, to help, you know, facilitate mine and, you know, this running dream thing. And, um, and even, you know, she helps me as a coach too. Um, so yeah, she's, she's the bomb.com. <laughs> Um, happy Mother's Day! It's belated. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I I missed it. You know, she was in Texas with the baby alone on yeah, Mother's Day. You got, you got her a little Olympic standard as a present, present for the whole family. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You love this. So, so I called her. I called her um, on Sunday afternoon. I said, "Hey, just shaved my legs. It's been like two years." She said, "Oh, honey, why'd you do that? Well, you better go run eight twenty if you're gonna shave your legs." <laughs> not a fan of the shaved legs uh too similar to hers or i, I was gonna know. say she worried you making her look bad your legs are smoother than hers yeah <laughs> yeah then she has to really make sure her make sure hers are up kept what's her um what's her stance on the mustache she likes it she likes it i gotta keep how, it long, how long that's quite the uh impressive uh stash you got going there Thanks. you how know long has it, that been around it's um you know i it's come and gone with seasons in my life since I've been able to grow it. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, since um, like in December when I knew that, you know, Hey, this baby's about to come out. Uh, I just, I just committed to it. And you need a dad stash for the, dad to... stash. that was, that was the look of my dad growing up. Um, like my, like through elementary school, basically he had a mustache and then he shaved it. And I was like, <laughs> man, <laughs> So yeah, I feel like, I feel like I owe it to, to my, to the, just the tradition. It's, it's kind of funny, but also, you know, I need something that tries to like maybe make me look older than my student athletes a little bit. You know, I'm like always wearing polos and stuff to the, to the meets and making sure I always got to hold a clipboard. Yeah. I try to dress the part and not get talked to like a kid at the meets. <laughs> How did the athletes uh, feel about your running career? Do they are they big supporters? Do they give you give you a little shit for it? Or, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean they they've been really supportive. It's fun, you know. Some of them get it more than others because they may may follow the sport better than better than others. <laughs> some of them are totally clueless, and um, but yeah, the the coaching staff that I work with they they get it, you know, and they and they hype me up and stuff and make sure the kids know, yo, this is a, big a good, good recruiting tool, you know, start slipping that into emails, like I, oh, yeah, Olympic I, standard, I no big deal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it, it really has been a part of, you know, I don't want to be, you know, a turd about it. Like, Hey, I'm awesome. Come run for me. You'll be <laughs> awesome. Like, I don't want to be, you know, that guy, but, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's true. And it's a, a big part of my, you know, resume as a coach is, Hey, I've experienced things to, to this level of this sport and I know exactly what it's like. And, and I've, you know, traveled to a road to get there and, you know, at least I know what that looks like. You know, there's, there's many coaches that can, that can and have gotten athletes to that point, but I've never done that themselves. And so, you know, I want to, want to continue to, you know, walk in the walk. <laughs> yeah. Walk the walk and evaluate my experience as I go and, pay close attention to the coaching that I've received and the, uh, you know, the mistakes I've made and, and, uh, you know, help facilitate an athletes, you know, that I'm coaching's growth toward, toward, a, you know, excellence for them, you know. Do you feel, um, 
you know, uh, as, as a quote unquote unsponsored athlete or amateur, whatever word we want to use these days, sure, yeah. um, do you, do you feel a little chip on the shoulder lining up, uh, next to, you know, all those guys and their shiny Nike kits of like, I gotta, I gotta represent for the little guy out there. Um, yeah, I, a little bit, a little bit, but you know, I, I also don't, I don't want to like, you know, confine myself so much to that. Cause then, then I'm putting myself into this narrative, you know, mm-hmm. um, America loves the underdog would, you know, whatever uh, I I'm for it. You know, I have humble beginnings, you know, l- later start into the sport. And, you know, I know that for myself and the people that know me know my story. Um, and, you know, I, I make ends meet, you know, I'd much rather be making a salary doing what I'm doing and I have health insurance doing what I'm doing than health insurance yeah. is a big one. <laughs> you know, then, then maybe, you know, being, being the guy that's kind of hung around one of the pro training groups and they gave a kit and, you know, um, if there was, if there was, you know, a, a perfect opportunity for me, then sure. I would be doing it full time, you know? Um, but the, you know, I, a lot of people don't realize how, how rare that is. And, and, um, and if, if it's not like some perfect, you know, setup where you're making something that's comfortable and, and you can, you can afford to do that and it's got health insurance or something, you know, it's, it's super rare, but if it's not, you know, you, you kind of, you might be locking yourself into something that, uh, you know, isn't the best for you and and if it were anything but something you're so passionate about if, if it were something else like you'd say no way but um, yeah i th- i think people don't realize you know i think i think marty tweeted about this the other day where he was saying how you know one of the big advantages of working is um you know not having the stress of sort of you know quote unquote running for your salary um yeah. and I don't think people realize a lot of the time how the anxiety of sort of being a pro runner, where if you're not, yeah. you know, a, a small subset of the small subset of folks who, you know, is comfortable and it's going to be comfortable for, you know, a period of years to come, you know, it's like every race is so, you know, it's so high stakes to, to yeah. you know put it put am I gonna make rent on next month or next year you know as part of the the challenge um so yeah I mean it, it's got it, it it has its pros and cons I'm sure um you know there are definitely days I'm sure you feel where it's like you know you're stuck at work and you're just like oh, I really would love to just like have a life of doubling and like Netflix but um, yeah <laughs> there definitely are, are advantages and disadvantages to, to either path for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad for the spot I'm in and, and um, you know, the, the athletic director that hired me and uh, the coaching staff that I work with, they have been um, really, you know, really gracious with me, give me, you know, the, the space and time to train. Um, but also, you know, they, they hold me to, you know, the job that I'm hired to do. <laughs> so yeah i i want to you know keep them both going symbiotically as long as i can i will say so uh, i'm 
you know, I'm not a big believer in sort of, you know, anybody's larger than life or anything like that. But as a <laughs> yeah. as a longtime steeplechaser, I, I have to imagine, at least for me, there would be a, a little bit of a of starstruckness to uh, having Evan Yeager pace your your race. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what was it yeah. like to to line up on the line with? You know, I mean, we're about the same age, and like if you came up, you know, with any interest in steeplechase in American distance running in the last decade, <laughs> you know, it's like he's the guy. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, when I when I found out that I you know I was confirmed for the race and that I saw Evan was on the start list and stuff, I was like, oh shoot, dang! Like there he is. Here's my first chance to to you know race the American record holder. And then thankfully I found out that he was rabbiting uh, like the day before the meet. Um, so I could like, you know, cause there was, there was some like, you know, fangirl nervousness in me, <laughs> yeah. um, like thinking about that is true. You know, he, he like, he, and, um, you know, like Will Lear and Ben Blankenship and Dwayne Solomon and Ryan Hall, but like those guys were all on my wall at my parents' house up until a couple of months ago when my like sister moved rooms, you know, like mm -hmm. this is a guy that was, uh, you know, he, he was on, he was on a poster on my wall and, and that, you know, he was somebody that I, yeah, I did elevate and, you know, has obviously had the career that he's had and stuff. And, and it's crazy to think that, oh my gosh, I could be sharing a starting line with him. We'll see if we're sharing the finish line. But um, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was really, it did kind of like, you know, cool it down when I found out he was just rabbiting. I was like, okay, yeah. All right. Well, that's not that crazy of a pace that he's supposed to set it out at. You know, if I'm, if I'm right on him, that's not too crazy. And if I'm off him a little bit, that's not too crazy either. So yeah, it was, it was cool to like kind of be in third position. Um, you know, John Gay was kind of on his shoulder on the right. And I just basically got to follow, you know, directly behind Evan on, on the hurdles and, you know, oh, watching his <laughs> like, yeah, seriously watching his strides made it easier for me to match my steps with his for the hurdles and in the water jump, literally my foot was landing in the same hole of the water that his foot created. So I wasn't even making as much of a splash. You know, <laughs> I, I was, I felt like it maybe even helped. I was, you know, literally landing in the same spot right behind him, um, you know, a stride behind him or so. It was cool. Super cool. Did he, uh, did he say anything to you after the race or was he out of you know, there? You know how they are. They're, they're pretty reserved, the Bowerman crew. You know, they kind of stick to themselves. So. It's pretty business-like. Uh, he might have gave me a Nux. He might have gave me a quick Nux, maybe. But yeah. it was, you know, it was a breeze through. You know, I, I don't think it's, you know, it's not like they're mean or whatever. But, they yeah, they're pretty exclusive and they keep it pretty business-like. That's their brand. Yeah, we, uh, Part we've of had brand, I guess three three bowerman guys in the podcast and they've all been very uh good guests so uh oh yeah <laughs> you know. yeah no i don't doubt it yeah um yeah good good crew they got they 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 sure know how to run the steeple over there that's what we learned this weekend <laughs> yeah yeah um, they sure do yeah, so you mentioned you mentioned having those guys in the wall, but you also mentioned you had a late start to running um what was what was the late start for you yeah uh my first cross season was my junior year of high school in uh, okay. fall, fall of 2012. Were you and a then, soccer uh, guy before that? Uh, baseball, basketball. And uh, uh, 
in the falls little secret marching band in the falls oh wow what'd you play i played the drums so okay it was that's, a little, that's you know, fun. A little yeah. more a little more cool you can a little more edgy you know but, translate that into to at least like a some sort of rock career you know like maybe maybe uh, down the line yeah um i played the yeah. clarinet in school and like you know, I did, I did jazz band, not marching band, but still like, uh, you can't really parlay like clarinet's not a like busted out at parties kind of instrument to play. (laughs) It's not a fun, it's not a jam sesh instrument. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I didn't, I didn't run my first track season until my, you know, spring of my senior year of high school. So I was obviously a late bloomer. Um, but it was, it was a wild tear of a season. I went from 452 <laughs> down to 414 in the matter of, you know, in one whatever, season. Whatever. Wow. Yeah. You yeah. took to it like to, a fish to water. That's for sure. Yeah. 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 I, and I, the funny thing is, is like that went the winter before it, I was, you know, talking about running in college, you know, with the coaches at Cedarville university where I ended up going. And I'd never run a track race before. You know, I just had a little bit of cross country experience and I'm like, well, you know, what do you think you can do? You know, maybe run the 800 and the 1600 and see how that goes. I'm like, I think I want to do the decathlon. Uh, you know, all those events I could do, you know, five in a day, no problem. Right. You know, can I try that at your high school invite? And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> cross country um, guy. My guy. <laughs> Yeah, I was way ahead of myself, you know, and I I was maybe a overbeliever in my in my you know multi. How multi far did you make athletic. it into your decathlon career? Did you oh, I never. I, no, 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 no. I never. I never did anything but distance events. Yeah, yeah. Like like you said, so I you- kind of took to it and found some success early on, and and uh, you know got you know learned learned that excitement to the competitive itch that is really racing and rubbing and more than one opportunity in one meet that that track and field you know offers differently than than cross country and you know fell in love with it from from the start so you know the rest is history i guess but it's still how'd you find the steeple um freshman year of college i was begging my coach to run it i thought oh i think i'd be pretty good at that you know just with once again you know my ego being like oh i'm more (laughs) athletic than some of these guys i think i've got you know, the ability to jump and, and I'm a little bit more durable and could probably handle it. But, uh, it's so funny. I, I tell this story too. It's like, I had a couple of teammates, you know, fear for my life. They're like, Dan, no, don't do it. Don't do this steeplechase, man. You'll, you'll ruin your career. You'll hurt yourself. Uh, and it was seriously because it was in the context of me observing firsthand within, you know, I don't know, a couple of yards of me watching ACL tears on two occasions on water jumps, uh, a girl for another team and one of my teammates, um, that same season before I ran my first one. Good. What an introduction. (laughs) Yeah, I know. This is like, Oh my gosh, this is, this is masochistic and horrifying and whatever. But, but, uh, yeah, one of my buddies, you know, he, he's from New York. Um, and, uh, he, you know, he was a freshman with me that year and he had done some steeplechase in high school and kind of showed me how to hurdle a little bit. And, you know, I'd never done a water jump before my first race. I started with like a 926. So not quite as good as McGordy's first one, but 
but a bigger but, uh, improvement. He'll never PR by as much as you have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably not. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, so I started there, and then, you know, the next one I ran, like, 9.03, and uh, then I was like, oh, I'm a steeplechaser now. Yeah, that's uh, – um, my, mo- my mom is always worried I would hurt. And in fairness, I did break my foot steeplechasing, but um, – so I guess she was right. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, she was always worried I was going to, like – hurt myself steepling and I was kind of like listen like I'm not playing football like this is track like it's the most low contact you know <laughs> sport you can do although I should ask so uh you you had a pretty famous fall at uh at NCAAs but do you I was gonna ask what your worst fall is you don't have to talk about the the NCAAs oh. trauma if you don't want to <laughs> um, no, hey I I'm seriously you know enough time has passed and and I've I've had to process it enough. I'm, I'm happy to talk about it. I mean, that was obviously the highest stakes fall. There was another fall I had where I, um, I was coming around with about 700 meters to go. And, um, so you can imagine like, that's the hurdle that's kind of coming off of the curve mm-hmm. and just a dry one. Right. But the, uh, the long jump was on the inside of the apron and it was coming out right there at, at like, you know, the, 300 meter line or whatever 1500 meter start line and uh a guy came out of the sand pit and into lane one as i was coming around and you know he got he got out of the way but you know i was looking at him and wondering what was going to happen and preparing to you know navigate it and had my steps off and so i as i approached that hurdle i banged it really hard with my knee and just like did a somersault and i'm like face up to the sky in, in the infield, just like, like covered in, you know, the black turf already, you know, sticking to me and, and like, well, I don't think I, you know, that was bad, but I think I can still win this. So I may as well just get up and finish. They're not going to disqualify me for, you know, being, you know, cutting off on the inside of track. Um, yeah, that got to finish, ran something slow. And then, um, you know, Did you still win the race. Me scratch yeah so it was it was you know season opener or whatever at Ball center race, college yeah. in like 2016 i think uh, it, it, yeah it was small <laughs> race I, I lapped almost everybody um that's a yeah. pretty good one that's uh was was the long jumper your teammate or was it someone random no it was a random guy yeah <laughs> yeah uh but yeah i mean at the instable i mean i'm happy to talk about that you know it was it was crazy. I, I had the opportunity to talk to, um, to one of the guys who is behind me in the, in the race, um, Ryan Smeaton of Oklahoma state Canadian guy. And just for the, for the listeners. So when uh, your NCAA is your fifth year at Indiana, at, yeah, um, that's correct. You're, you're leading off the last water jump, um, and, and, and took a, took a pretty bad spill, uh, yep. right, right at the end. <laughs> Right at the end, right before Stephen Fahey's, you know, e- equally or more famous fall, probably more famous because he got up and won. That, um, I remember you know, that. Like before I, no later. offense, but before I even knew who you were, like, I remember that being like, that was the craziest end to a steeplechase I've ever seen. <laughs> like, right? Yeah, no, it's like, it's like a thriller movie with like this crazy ending. Um, yeah, so I was, asked, I was talking to Ryan after our race on Sunday. We were cooling down together mm-hmm. and I said, hey, man, you know, what were you thinking? Like, Cause you know, we, cause he and I like crested the lat, the second to last water barrier together. And I popped out in front of him and I just kind of, I just took off from there. I was like, 
I popped out in front of him. I'm I, all right. I've got the lead. I'm not going to give it up. I'm going to set a gap and make them come get me. Um, so I made that move on him and, and, you know, we're talking about it, whatever. And I'm like, all right, so how many meters did I have on the field? Like 10 meters or so. It's like, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, and then, you know, Fahey kind of got me, you know, started catching me at like 200 out. Right. And he's like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I could, I remember hearing his footsteps and freaking out. Cause I was deep in the well, man, I was deep and it was exciting. You know, Mike Myers, Mike, whatever, a Myers stadium is like rocking. And, um, <laughs> and you know, the highest, highest stage stakes of my life. And, um, yeah, I, I, uh, am straining towards that last water jump. And, um, I, my, you know, my steps weren't perfectly fluid timing, you know, timing wise getting up to it. I kind of, I think I kind of long, long stepped it basically as opposed to doing like a quick short step to get you know to get them on the right you know rhythm going in and uh that wasn't even the problem the problem was my toe clipped the barrier like this um you know you put your plant foot up on top of it you know and push in you know your heel and then you go across right but my but the toe of my other foot that was coming through caught it and as I, and yeah. I didn't even understand this until I watched the replay, um, it like, you know, I caught it and then it, it lagged. And then when it did shoot through it, you know, it swung through with some elasticity that put me <laughs> off the of balance when I landed and that's why I toppled and I, you know, it was wild, wild. And, you know, there I am, you know, on my back looking at the sky in the same way that I did, you know, that one, that one time in the other story, I tell you that. And I just, you know, I got to roll over and scramble and go. Right. And, you know, Faye, you know, Faye, he's gone. Like I'm not catching him. <laughs> and then, and then, you know, all of a sudden the pack is on me and Smeaton said, you know, he, he saw me go down and, and like, as he's coming over the water barrier, you know, he sees me like getting up and stuff. And so he's like dipping. And then, um, because he was in a pack of like seven guys you know and uh and then you know we all see Fahey go down and we all like try to go again and I you know I just really had a hard time getting back into gear after having you know literally been on my back um so yeah it's just a nuts race you know and you know if that that little toe drag or whatever hadn't happened and Steven would have still fallen then maybe I would have won but both of those things had to, would have had to happen, you know, it's yeah. so crazy. And yeah. And Ryan ended up, I think he ended up getting second. He, he, you know, he kicked well at the, you know, seeing what he I was always, seeing up ahead, but it was crazy. I always think about it. Uh, you know, uh, I said this the other day, like the steeple, I never thought about it in terms of laps. I always thought about it in terms of like water jumps, like all like five water jumps to go, like four water jumps to go. (laughs) And it is like shit like that happens. And you're like, you know, that that's why you're like, it's any water jump is always going to be an X factor. Like no matter how long you steeple, no matter how good you get uh, some shit, some wild, wild things can happen. I I had a bad one in my second steeple ever. Um, We didn't, they didn't have steeple in high school in Massachusetts, but they had it in Connecticut. So um, they would they would sometimes go down. My coach would take like some of the more like promising distance runners that if we wanted to try it, we would like go down to Connecticut for an invite. Um, and I did 
I had a great one where uh, it was kind of the opposite of yours where I clipped the my lead leg instead of like planting on the barrier I didn't get a purchase and it just slipped and so but my momentum was all going forward so the what what it looked like on the video is that I just like forgot to hurdle and just like went straight over the barrier (laughs) the barrier into the water and like (laughs) basically supermaned over more or less um oh man and that was uh i'm amazed i steepled in college after that because that was a that was a pretty pretty bad one but um it's uh everyone anyone who steepled has a good fall story it's it's always uh it's it's a part of the comes with the territory (laughs) absolutely yeah i i think it's good it's good for it's a good experience good life life lessons whatever you know yeah i had the most epic fall failure or whatever you want to call it but it cost me, you know, what did it really cost? You know, I don't know. You know, it's, it's in a sport. It's not in real life. I didn't, it wasn't truly consequential. It's not truly failure. You know, and, and, and it's been kind of a shaping, you know, moment for, for me that, you know, like we, I get to have conversations like this where I can talk about, I can talk about that and I can understand it. I can get past one of my biggest failures because I'm, because I'm dealing with it and I'm putting it out there and I can, I can say that I'm so much more of a person than, than just a runner, um, than just the steeplechaser, than just a guy that was going for a national title. But, you know, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a Christian, I'm a coach. Um, I'm an American baby. <laughs> you know, something like, that. you know, it's like, I'm, I'm so and much it, well, and, uh, I'm sure it's a great teachable moment for, athletes too and and for anybody you know i mean i think there are so many um you know the the old adage of talent doesn't go away you know i think that we usually think about that in terms of you know injuries or or setbacks and training like that but i also think you know your last race doesn't define your next race you know so absolutely um it's true over and over again. And no matter what happens to you in your running career, you know, if you still have the, you know, the fire to, to compete and to, to do the training and to get back out there, you know, you never know what's gonna, what's gonna happen. And, and, you know, as uh, you know, whether it's last weekend or it's whether it's whatever, it's whatever's coming down the pipeline at trials or wherever, you know, it's like, um, there's no way of knowing that, that what, what shaped you in the past isn't, isn't the reason why you're having all the success you are now, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. 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 We're, we, well, we're very serious. That's very our, serious for the for I know, our podcast. We don't normally get that real. <laughs> yeah, I know it's getting a little heady. Uh, like I like it though, man, you know, cause it's true. It's so true. You know, we're not, uh, we don't need to be defined by our, uh, you know, most recent race, you know, and um, you know, I'm, I, I'm trying to build that kind of identity in into the athletes that I coach too. You know, that you're, you're more than just the sum of your parts. You're more than the sum of your last reps in a workout. Um, let's try to see the big picture. Let's try to understand the myriad of factors going into, uh, you know, our performance and, and uh, lay aside what we need to lay aside and, and embrace and dwell on what we should. And, um, you know, I, uh, I had something else too, that was 
sitting in there that I was waiting to say, but I think I lost it. Um, well, we have to cover an equally uh, deep and important subject, which is okay. uh, the, you're, you're a half tight steeple guy um, over short I am shorts. now. I am now. <laughs> I've only done it a few times now. I think, I think literally just this season. These are my first two ever's. You know, honestly, it's because I love because I love the uh, the tracksmith half tights so much that I can't. Not. They are really comfortable. <laughs> do you have a pair? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you do you have the lined ones or the unlined ones? The lined ones. I did not think that I could enjoy them when I first saw that they had a liner. Before I put them on, I was like, "That's weird." And then I put them on and like. And I was still like, wasn't sure. I'm like, do I look like I have panty lines on or something? <laughs> and then, and then you know, I put them out there on the road and tested them out, you know, in a cold run. And then, and then on a hot run. And I'm like, hey, these are, these are great. I'm sold. I, you know, so I went and got another pair. So this is, yeah, this is the product the, uh, endorsement section. of. The... <laughs> I, I know, I know. Hey, they're not even paying yeah. me anything to say that. That's the beauty of it. Uh, they're called the Reggie, the Reggie half tights lined. Lined. Yeah. I have the lined and the unlined. I will say I like the, the unlined have better um, pockets for like gels and stuff for like marathons. Oh. Um, but I do, I, I only have one pair of the lined ones, but I do, they're very, um, they're good for like cold. Cause I, I like, I get really cold easily and like the extra layer is definitely good for like a little uh, cold weather workout or race or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so there you go. I, I like no zealot like a convert <laughs> i know right yeah I, yeah i like uh yeah i like them better than the split shorts so i just and i think they look sharp and whatever you know so i was rocking them yeah i just went with it i don't get that wet you know if you're steepling well you shouldn't get that wet so yeah oh for sure so yeah and i was down a little longer hey big whoop yeah <laughs> yeah we had um uh kind of shitty shorts in college so like i would always like steeple and half dice just because they were like nicer they were just nicer than the the uniform shorts we had then i was also always worried about like uh like uh something flying out going over a water jump so that's the other the other advantage of half tights um, for that particular event <laughs> um but yeah that's a that's an important an important <laughs> argument just say no comment yeah no comment <laughs> no comment on that um, yeah yeah no so yeah we covered pretty much everything um but but yeah we do uh wrap up every episode uh with the um the same three questions that we ask every guest um (laughs) the the first uh is your instagram crush um which i as a married man i I should clarify (laughs) that uh it's not necessarily a crush in like terms of like people have said like a dog account or like a cooking account or like basically just what am I into on the internet these days? So, so your Instagram crush or Twitter or TikTok or whatever you're looking at. Um, I'm going to go even outside the, I'll draw outside the lines even more and say Perfect. that um, Morgan McDonald's YouTube com. Uh, oh, that's content. a good one. Yeah. That's a great Please. answer. Please keep it coming, Morgan. I hope that you hear this somehow. I, I told him at Drake, uh, I rabbited for his 5K at Drake a couple of weeks ago, and I was telling him in the clerking area, hey, man, I understand, you know, you need to take a little step back, but you sooner or later, you got to bring us some more content because this is too good. So 
you know, we had a nice time chatting about that. But he posted yeah, something he's, he's about like hiring an intern the other day. I know, I know, like, <laughs> I saw that. It's great, right? He's a funny yeah. guy. I like him he a lot. He seriously um, is. Yeah, you know, yeah. and I think I think a lot of the guys that do have a lot of success are like, you know, they keep it light and and stuff, and you know, they they face their demons. They, they you know, they 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 can get in the trenches for a workout, but then you know, get out, get outside that context, you know, Morgan's a great example, you know, Craig Engels too, Ollie Hoare, other, other guys, there's, there's a long list. That's kind of the running, you know, every, every, every group, you know, has, has that guy. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, you have to, um, you know, not take yourself too seriously. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think that's the, um, a good way to put it. Yeah. You can take your training seriously without taking yourself seriously. I think it's a good way to, <laughs> to look at it for a lot of yeah. people. Um, so next is your go-to karaoke song. Someone hands you the mic. It's your time to shine. What are you singing? Oh man. Oh, you know what? It, was, it would probably be like, um, like a dashboard confessional song or something or like or, Blink yeah. 82. Um, I don't know. Um, I was trying to think of one that me and my brother just like screamed in a car <laughs> ride back to an airport recently. Um, man, you can you list? Can you help me list a song from Dash? What's the Dashboard Confessional song? What's that called? One of the ones that's uh, kind of like a, it's kind of like a breakup song. Uh, oh, um, I for some reason I'm thinking of Death Cab for Cutie right now, which oh, is like no, sad. Maybe but... them too. Which, which, which <laughs> I'm thinking of I will follow you into the dark by Death Cat for Cutie, that's but that's, a, that's sad. A good one. Um, yeah, no, that's I feel like Blink, you want more angst, like, um, you know, like uh, I miss you, um, or like, yeah. all the small things. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm all over those guys. Like, I'm because I had older siblings, maybe I, I, uh, or for whatever reason, I've just got this attitude or edge that for like alternative punky music or whiny vocalists. Angst, but, yeah. <laughs> angst, little yeah, angsty teenagers. That I wasn't even an angsty teenager. I don't even know why. Um, but yeah, probably one of those. And I just and I would just do me, and I would you know do kicks and air guitar and jump roll around. Sounds but, good to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't even need to be you know I wouldn't even need to be intoxicated. I just I just go for it. You just feel that you know the music comes on and you feel the moment and you're ready to roll. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah. I'm very much very much that way. <laughs> um and last but not least your death row meal you're going to the chair you got one last meal you get to eat anything you want what are you eating you know probably like you know of course it's gonna be like five course meal you know oh, but sure. uh yeah. but yeah definitely steak and um pierogies uh i'm you know i'm polish for one but you know anything potatoey and i mean you take the best of potatoes and noodles and you put it together in one thing i mean that's incredible so <laughs> yeah probably steak and pierogies and so you know i don't know if we need a vegetable in there if i'm gonna if i'm dying anyways well yeah if you're dying you don't need to yeah. you know have vitamins or anything like that yeah, yeah yeah and then i don't know maybe like a maybe like a huge dr pepper <laughs> ice cold <laughs> something like that Sounds good to me. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. I'm dying. I just bought anyway, so. root beer the other day at the grocery store. It was like an impulse buy. I was like, I haven't had root beer in like two years. It's great. Yeah. That's like one of those like little kid 
drinks. You know, you sit around with your yeah. grandpa and you drink root beer. Yeah. So good. Well, yeah. great answers. Uh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> thanks for coming on and, and braving our, our technical difficulties. Um, yeah. 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 I appreciate you. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it. it's, it was a great chat and um, good luck this weekend. Uh, and uh, good luck with your racing uh, to, to con- as it continues. What's next on the schedule for you? Um, right now, the only thing on my schedule is, is something uh, June 9th, a, uh, a track mile at um, Athletes in Action in Xenia, Ohio. It's, uh, hmm. it's actually my hometown. And uh, Nick Willis is coming down and helping to promote it too. Uh, he's friends. Uh, he and I are both really close with the directors of the meet. And, uh, so yeah, we're trying to break the, uh, Ohio soil mile record, um, 357 low by, uh, Tom Byers back in the day. Um, you know, he's the famous rabbit that got away, you know, from Bowling, <laughs> Bowling Green, uh, the pride of Bowling Green state university. Uh, you know, he, and he was in the, you know, the epic era of milers. So anyways, you know, to, to break, uh, you know, to break, a record set by him would be super cool. I'm trying to get some other Ohio. What's, what's your mile there. PR? 401 indoors. Oh, 20, so you, all right, you got to go for it. Get that sub yeah. four out of the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's been a long time coming. I, I, yeah, I don't think that's the problem. Um, or, you know, we had um, problem getting the we had a entire episode focused on Ohio milers and how good you, you all are. Yeah, we had the oh, district boy. track club guys on. I'm so. not. I'm not even on that list. Probably, I gotta get. I gotta work <laughs> my way up there. Uh, I was gonna say you got. You gotta Rachel add to the list. Murphy and Kidder and um, who else? Yeah, so we had Willie Fink and, and Jacob Dumford on. Dumford. Um, yeah, I was shouting them all out on Twitter the other day, trying to promote this meet. Um, so yeah, hopefully we can get some guys out and we can really make it go. Um, uh, yeah. The director told me that hey, we'd pay we'd pay anybody who breaks that record a thousand dollars each. Nice. So and yeah, and we and you know we plan ahead and stuff. We can you know maybe take care of some accommodations and stuff too. Um, it's my hometown, so I'm gonna. And, you know, I'm going to feel like the mayor, but nobody's going to know me, you know, you this know, is the like, new, uh, move over Kyle Merber. This is the new Long Island mile. It's the, the hometown hope, hero comes it, home. Yeah. I hope <laughs> it comes. Well, yeah, I hope it, I hope it gains some traction and stuff. So yeah, it should be a fun well, we'll look out for that for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks again, man. This is, this is great. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course, David. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Till next time. This has been run your mouth. Where are you?